Okay, it's Guru and the Wiz back, and we're going to be looking at the running back position. It's a position that has undergone a lot of change over the years. Um, you know, we're looking back at last year and what we're kind of foreseeing for the coming year. So good afternoon, everyone. Uh, Wiz, uh, you know, running backs have been something which I've kind of felt the last couple of years. It's something that you don't have to pay as much attention to. There are guys that will outperform their draft positions. There are guys that are going to underperform. Obviously, it's a position where injuries are a big impact. You know, when I when I think about this past season, there's a you know, there's a few guys that I look at that really stood out to me as being driving forces at the position, you know, some of which I expected coming into the year and others which pleasantly surprised as kind of the year went on and even though I made a dra- may have drafted that player in a couple of, of leagues I thought he would be solid that you know the, I was exceeded uh, the expectations were exceeded so I'd say the one player when I came into this season uh, as a player I wanted to target in, in every league w- was Aaron Jones I thought Aaron Jones averaged over 5 yards a carry in his first 2 years sp- splitting time but really had some bursts of excitement um, over the course of his first two years in the league. I thought he was going to get more of an opportunity uh, in, in, in the coming season, and he did um, with a new coach, and I hope, hopefully he can build upon that. But that was one player that I really looked at as, as a player that I thought was going to be a difference maker and ended up being the case. You know, one player that I was very low on coming into this year because he's either always hurt and, or had some attitude problems – is, is Leonard Fournette, and he ended up being a, an absolute workhorse coming into the year. Um, well, sorry, during the year. It, he really, really evolved as, as the one steady offensive force for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, you know, those two players really stood out to me in, in kind of outperformances. I'll mention two other guys before kind of passing the baton to you as, as success stories, one of which was involved as, uh, you know, I took a shot on a preseason trade that you and I did and, and bringing in a guy like um, Austin Eckler, who who's a skilled, wide, uh, skilled uh, pass receiving running back. And he ended up playing a lot more because Melvin Gordon held out for a lot more. Uh, so Eckler really, really shined last year, and we'll see how he's going to be used this year. And then the other guy was, was, was Ingram. And I think Ingram was in a tremendous position in that it, this was a team that wanted to run the ball. Mark Ingram was a very successful player with New Orleans Saints. He really came here, and he was just absolutely tremendous. He caught the ball at times. Uh, I, rushing touchdowns, he had to be... If not the top, he got to be right at the top of guys in, in terms of rushing touchdowns last year. Really, really effective guy. So those are those are four guys that I thought you know for, for this season that really showed me uh, some prowess in the uh, in in the in, in from the past season. How about you, Brett? Yeah, well, I think when it comes to the you know I think when it well, when it comes to the running back position, I think that you have to take a few things into consideration. One is of course the injury. Uh, possibility that could always happen um, also is kind of what what's the game flow uh, you know you're gonna have a running back on a team that is always trailing and he's not going to get the carries you're gonna have a team that is leading where you'll get the volume and then of course you know goal line how teams handle the running back at the goal line and the way the coaching staff uses that player which leads me to Nick Chubb who was as far as I'm concerned, one of the most frustrating players to own because I think it was apparent to anyone who understands how to watch football that he is an elite running back and the Browns were horrible in using him. The coaching staff was horrible. 
Baker Mayfield was horrible. He's playing with some of the most selfish players in the NFL on his own team. And, you know, it was just horrendous play calling. All of that, he still almost won the rushing title. I expect uh, him to have a, a tremendous year with a, with a competent coaching staff coming in. But, you know, to your point, you, you've been one who is not – overly concerned about the running back and it's not someone who you know loves going crazy on drafting running backs you, you know you feel they're susceptible to a lot of things and you know there were three players uh last year who were all in the top 10 uh forecast to be in the top 10 last year two of them were in the top five and Saquon Barkley Alvin Kamara and and Connor from a fantasy perspective, were huge, huge disappointments. Uh, Kamara seemed that he was hurt and tried to play through injuries and then had to miss more time. Saquon Barkley, the same kind of thing, had a horrific injury. James Conner looked like a different player last year than he did his rookie year. He looked a little bit slower to me for some reason. And, uh, you know, uh, are those aspects all you know those aspects things that you consider uh why you're you know someone who doesn't like going crazy in the running back just because it's it's really difficult for a running back to get high volume and kind of make it through the season i think the standard deviation on on a a running back's success is is much wider and a lot of it is luck and not getting hurt. These guys do get punished a lot. Their situations can move around. And I think, yeah, that's a big reason why. And I think also we've seen historically, right, guys that don't, get, don't even get drafted during, during your drafts and end up maybe getting picked up in week three or week five because of uh, injury and end up having a stellar season as a result. And I think we, we've seen that happen so many times, right? Like, you know, again, we don't know exactly how it'll play out. Like, we look at a player like Kenyon Drake who got an opportunity to go somewhere else because there was a injury running back, injury at running back situation in Arizona where they lost both their main running back and their backup and they end up making a trade. And Kenyon Drake ends up taking a bunch of teams a long way in the fantasy playoffs because he because he succeeds as the uh, as well, he's just he's a he's a good player and he's also the the last man standing there so the opportunity was there so so yes for those reasons I'm a little bit more hesitant to put my eggs in the running back basket. Yeah, I think you know just looking at Eckler, a uh, player that you mentioned a few minutes ago. I mean, he you know going into the season, you know he was part of what people thought was you know not just a a two-man committee, three guys with Gordon looming. And then there was talks, oh, Justin Jackson is going to, you know, he's going to win that starting job. And so what happens, you know, the Gordon sticks to his guns and holds out and then Justin Jackson gets hurt. And then all of a sudden you find Austin Eckler in this position where he's basically the only running back that the Chargers are using and they are handing him the ball off. They are throwing him the ball. He's all over the field and uh, he becomes just an absolute running back one uh, no matter what, you know, and who else you have on your team. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. He was a, a top five guy all year long. And those are things that are just tough to forecast. But to your point, can happen. Another example is, you know, as a Vikings fan, 
all you heard about in the in the in the draft is oh who do I draft higher higher Thielen or Diggs both top ten guys but you know do I like Thielen better do I like Diggs better meanwhile Dalvin Cook is the player to own that Stefanski is going to come in there Stefanski is going to come in there and they're going to run the ball a million times and then give him the ball until he basically has to tap out and have Madison come in for him and that was something that not everyone expected but. You know, again, to the running back point, it, it can happen. There'll be some players like that this year. Who who are some of the players that you think could be going in different directions? And uh, who who do you like in terms of ascending ones especially? Yeah, so I, I do like to look at yards per carry in addition to our opportunity. And, I'm, and, and I kind of tend to stick with the younger group here. Like it, it, So guys that are ascending, guys that I'm looking at into this coming year, a guy that finished the second half of the year very strong, and that's Joe Mixon. Um, I, I like what I saw in the second half. I, this is also a team that did not have – I mean, they had to focus on stopping Joe Mixon. They had issues everywhere you looked on the field. So he's a guy that I'm – I'm definitely looking at Miles Sanders finished the year extremely strong. I also like the backup there in Boston Scott, who and I don't call him the backup, but the pass catching running back there. So I'm I'm interested to see if those two guys can build upon their second half of the season success. You mentioned uh, we mentioned it in the quarterback segment that Devin Singletary, how he finished the year. And just the player seems like he's going to be a bigger part of what they have to do. So that's another player that I'm kind of looking at. And I would say, lastly, and I think this is this is an interesting guy, um, and and you, I'll let you talk a little bit about him too, because if you look at when he was able to stay on the field, what he did, Darius Geis averaged almost six yards a carry when he was able to stay on the field. So if he can stay on the field, this player can make some noise. I'll let you talk a little bit more about that when you talk about guys you like. Guys, I want to stay away from. Le'Veon Bell, I didn't like the fact that he took 18 months of football off. He averaged 3.2 yards a carry. I want to stay away from that. It's just a guy that's moving in the wrong direction. I would say David Johnson is another one of those players. And I like the place where this player is going in, in, in Atlanta. That's, that's Todd Gurley. But, you know, you have to wonder how much of that knee is an impact. We'll, we'll get an opportunity to see that this year in a, in a different location but I do worry about the player, so that's probably those are probably three running backs that I'll probably stay away from. So I'm going to talk about two second-year running backs. One was used beautifully, and one was used horrendously. The the, the second-year player that was just used beautifully was was Josh Jacobs. Um, he's a beast. Um, he he can do it all. He he looked great. I love the way they used him. Uh, I think they could utilize him a little bit more in the passing game than they did. But there's there's really no there, – there's nothing, you know, in a, from a negative standpoint that you could say about that player. He runs so hard. He plays so hard. Um he has tremendous desire when he's out there. And I, I think he could be one of those guys that – can really, uh, you know, start becoming uh, in that top five to ten over these next couple of years. Another player that I really like in terms of ability that was just horrendously used was David Montgomery um, with the Bears. I'm not sure, you know, I think, you know, when you watch Nagy, Nagy coach football, you realize there's a difference than – 
you know, having Andy Reid standing next to you, uh, being the offensive coordinator and actually making all of the decisions. I don't know really what Chicago was trying to do on offense. Uh, they, they seemed lost. Um, you know, part of it was the quarterback was horrible. Uh, I thought the play calling was horrible, but David Montgomery could be one of these guys that, uh, if utilized the right way, I, I think that player can be better than what his numbers, um, than what his numbers showed last year, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. And as far as guys goes, um, yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, tremendous talent. Um, the problem is he's on a, a terrible team. And the other issue is him staying on the field. But, you know, again, it just goes back to there. There's so many factors when it comes, especially in the running back position, probably more so than any position, because there are a lot of things that, you know, from a, from a fantasy football player, you could do a lot of things right. You could get a great player and get him at a good price. But if he gets injured, if uh, the team doesn't use him at the goal line, if the team doesn't utilize him in the passing game, um, all sorts of those things are, are not going his way. It could end up really being a detriment. So I, I understand why you're so uh, dubious about that position. Uh, do you have any other players that you wanted to talk about, ascending, descending, or just yeah, want to mention I, 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 I'm going to talk about a couple of different other things. So, so, so two, two things I want to mention. First is one in particular is two teams with team situations that are a little bit difficult. And I'd like you to maybe talk about how, how are you thinking about them? So I look at Denver and I look at San Fran and in, in the case of San Fran, I think there's currently four running backs sitting there. Um, uh, obviously, they've had some injuries to contend with, and Denver just signed Melvin Gordon. Gordon adding that to Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. Are those situations that you would definitively stay away from because it's so hazy? I mean, yeah, I think, I think, um, I, I think, I think the signing with Melvin Gordon's a backbreaker for people in, in in dynasty or keeper leagues that had Lindsay at a good price. I, I think that one is difficult. I just don't see that uh, as being a situation where both guys are going to put up tremendous numbers. Um, I, I just don't think their offense is cut out to do that. So I'm a little, uh, I'm a little dubious about that one for sure. What, what do you think about the other duo that you mentioned? Uh, in, in San Fran, you're talking about? Um, uh, yeah. yeah. So we're, I, I think we have to think, so McKinnon has not been able to stay on the field. They signed him a few years ago. I'm not putting any faith in that player. Matt Breida has flashed a lot, but he's also got a very tender ankle, always getting hurt. So really it's between a guy who has a, an amazing story, and that was Raheem Mostert, who, did a, who had a really phenomenal second half of the season, and Tevin Coleman, who, who also had a great game in the postseason. He rushed for almost 200 yards one game. So um, I think San Fran's offense lends itself to – running backs being successful. But as we saw when he was in Atlanta um, and that Shanahan, he's dependent on using a couple of different guys. So, so you're going to have to spread the wealth if you're going to deal with that situation. And I think that will continue to be the case in San Fran. You know, it just, it makes me laugh to some extent how so much of this is boiled down to luck. Um, Fantasy-wise, and, and if you just think about this, so, you know, Shannon is supposed to be this this offensive guru, um, and I'm not taking anything away from, from him. I'm, I'm, I'm really not. But 
he he has Brita, who he really likes. He loved Coleman coming over from Atlanta, really wanted to get that player. McKinnon, they were talking about which guy they were going to play, who was going to be the order, who was going to be the starter, who was going to be the goal line. Meanwhile, they got Mostert basically for special teams. So had those three running backs all stayed healthy, what would have happened? Would Mostert have not played at all? Hardly? I mean, what would have happened to that player? So the only reason Mostert now becomes ahead to the front of the line is because of basically injuries to three other players. So what does that tell you? Does it tell you that even a coach like Shannon is looking at four running backs and doesn't even rank them properly within his own team? Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, just, just think about that. He had most of in special teams. Yeah. That player was never going to get in there unless something happened to the other three players. So it kind of makes me laugh how much, uh, you know, there is such an element of luck into this. And sometimes you see these players emerge. And, I, and quite frankly, I think it surprises the coaching staff, too, sometimes. I, I, They're just not sure of, of what they have until these guys get on the field. Which just goes to the point that we're making here at the running back spot. Uh, honestly, you know, in, unless you are talking about Christian McCaffrey or Ezekiel Elliott, I think, quite frankly, with the injuries and committees and all other things, those two players do just do not come off the field. Probably Dalvin Cook, but you got to you know worry about his you know injuries and, and, and that he's had over his career and even somebody is as great in the running game as Derrick Henry they don't utilize him in the passing game I mean I think it just goes back to your point that you've made why is it that um, it, it's not the best way to go about your draft with putting all your eggs or in that running back position because it just varies and, and, and changes drastically from year to year. And I think we, we don't want to take anything away from what Christian McCaffrey did last year. We know he carried a lot of fantasy teams. Certainly the second half string that, that Derrick Henry had once Tannehill got comfortable in that offense and Mariota was out of the way. You know, really special seasons that they had. So they can be real difference makers too. So I don't want to minimize things like that. But but certainly the, the variability at the position is extreme. And I think that's one thing to watch. So I'm going to leave you with one name too. And, I, and you've mentioned guys that you like coming into this year. And I'm in agreement with guys like Singletary. I mentioned Mixon. I really like the Eagle duo. I think those guys. Was, but one player that, that I want to watch for this year, just more as a pass catcher, he's, he's, he's a little bit diminutive. I think Naheem Hines is an interesting guy to watch, especially you know in, in a PPR league. We saw how Eckler uh, did in with the Chargers and Rivers and in that sort of system. A guy like Hines could actually accelerate in his performance. He's not going to be a you know top of the line guy at all in any way, shape, or form. But I think he's a player that could outproduce his uh, draft position. Yeah, especially. Well, I, I, I would say especially, but I'm gonna, I'm going to even put more of a caveat on it. I think only if you're in a PPR league, um, I just doubt that he's going to put up the numbers, you know, rushing the ball. But if you're in a PPR league, yeah, he could be 
kind of a poor man, James White, uh, when he was really putting up good numbers. I, I agree with that. I think, you know, those are the kind of completions and passes that Phillip Rivers really is going to want to throw and make this year. So, yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with that. I think a lot of people are going to be kind of like, yeah, kind of, kind of onto that. I think, uh, you know, with that player and that quarterback throwing those kind of passes. So, yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely see that as well. And Brent, I'm going to ask you about one other player, and, and I know you watch a lot more college football than I watch, but you, you talked about a guy like Daryl Henderson, and and last year he didn't get an opportunity. Gurley's out of the way, in, you know, uh, in in Los Angeles. They don't have a great offensive line, but this is a this was a highlight real guy in college. Malcolm Brown is the other running back there. Do you think Malcolm? Do you think Henderson can be the guy, or is this something that will be a committee story all year long? Yeah, I think uh, as we mentioned uh, one of the previous podcasts, I put Henderson, Justice Hill, and, and Darwin Thompson in like a three-man group of. Um, all of those second, you know, now all three of those players are coming into their second year. Um, I think they all have big playmaking ability. It's kind of which player is really going to be given the opportunity to show what he can do. And, you know, by first glance, right, we're talking now here, um, you know, in, kind of towards the middle of April, it looks that Henderson is going to get that first chance to do something, and yeah, I think I think the Rams are going to be okay, and I think they're 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 happy with that combination of Henderson and Brown to show what they can do. Uh, so I, I I would agree with that, but a lot of these things come down to opportunity, uh, and and you know I'm agreeing with you that I think Henderson looks like he's going to get that chance, and uh, if he does, I think. Uh, he will uh, have a good season. Once again, especially if your league plays full PPR, that's where he'll be utilized most, and that's where his big plays, if they come, that's where they will come from in the passing game. All right, awesome, Wiz. I don't, I don't really have much to add here. I'm ready to move on to uh, the next skill position, uh, unless you had something to add. No, I just wanted to get your thoughts on one player that I mentioned at the very, very beginning. You know, what's your view on James Conner? Um, somebody who was kind of like in that Nick Chubb ranking right around the top 10. Um, it was all his whole backfield, Le'Veon Bell gone. You know, I, I, I'm aware of the injury to Roethlisberger kind of hurt him um, in, in the running game. Teams are not so much worried about the passing game. But w- what do you make of what you saw from James Conner, and how do you kind of project that coming into this year? So the injury was definitely a big part of his season, right? He came back, he left, and it just it was a very difficult part of the season. He got – he got a little bit of an endorsement from from Colbert, the GM, but I didn't think it was a ringing endorsement. So I expect this team to draft a running back, uh, not on day one, but probably on day two. Uh, and um, it's a when he was on the field, I think he went over 100 yards in just one game. So I am a little bit worried about this play. Look, he's, he's a great story, and in the year before, he was an exciting guy to watch. But I'm a little bit wary of this particular player coming into the 2020 season. And I do think they're going to add some help at the position. Yeah. I think when it comes to these things where an injury was a factor, 
I think there are a few ways to go about it. You put a giant X through the season and say, had nothing to do with the player. Uh, my, my view on the player is fresh. You look at it and say, oh, uh, I don't like what I saw. I know there were injuries um, to the quarterback, to himself, but I don't like what I saw from the player. And then the third thing is somewhere in between those two things. What's your view? Is it a giant X? He starts out fresh in your mind. Is it the is it I'm not giving him any excuses whatsoever, or is it somewhere in between those two things for you? I'm going to say it's in between, but I would probably tilt towards the conservative side toward, because of my view of the position. I'm going to be a little bit more apprehensive about drafting a guy like Connor. Yep. Yep, I agree with you on that. All right, awesome. Well, this has been a lot of fun talking about the running back position, and uh, we will see you in a little bit as we get to the wide receivers. Thanks, everybody. All right. Take care. 